Good morning. Welcome to Activate Chapel. We're going to begin with prayer. Isn't that great? God, I thank you for this beautiful environment. I thank you, God, that your presence is with us right now. God, as we settle ourselves after whatever our week has looked like, I pray that we would all focus on you, that we would turn our eyes to you. I thank you, God, that you are for us. God, I thank you for what you want to do in our lives this morning. I ask that we would be open to you, open for you to speak to us, for us to worship and to glorify you. I thank you, God, for life change. I thank you, God, that all things are possible with you, God. And I declare that in this place this morning, that all things would be possible. I ask that you would touch people who would need your healing in their lives this morning, that you would pour out your healing power. Thank you, God. God, I thank you for the churches that are meeting around our city, around our nation and the nations. God, I pray your blessing poured out upon them. I thank you for Phil Strong ministering in Porirua this morning. Lord, I ask that you, your presence, your anointing would be upon him this morning as he ministers there. God, be glorified. Be honoured and glorified today. We declare you the centre, you the King of Kings. Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Let's stand. Isn't it awesome that we were chosen, that we have freedom within us to praise Him, to worship Him, to lift our voices in gratitude?
we thank you Lord for that wonderful declaration I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back Father we thank you for the privilege it is to know you to serve you to worship you Lord to give our praise and our worship our thanks and our adoration to you and everyone said Amen well great to see you at Activate Chapel why don't you give your neighbour a high five as you take a seat this morning You're looking really good. You're sounding really good. Isn't it good? This is our first Activate Chapel. What do you think about that? Did you like? Yeah, that's very, very cool. Do you like the stained windows? Very, very good. And do you know what? I'm really, really pleased. I'm really, really close to one of my best friends, Brett. Yeah, he's a very cool dude. If you don't know Brett, he's very, very cool. He's a very good muso. He teaches at Vision College, which is wonderful. And a little bit later in our service, we're going to hear from Alan Perry. He's going to read a psalm for us, and he's the principal of Vision College. So wonderful things are happening at ATC, which is very good. But let's um, not focus too much on that right at the moment. If you're a visitor, if this is your first, second, or third time at church, at Activate Church, we want to welcome you. If you can give me a wave. Pat with some goodies is coming your way. Somebody over the back there, welcome. Let's give our visitors a very warm welcome this morning, church. <laughs> Wonderful to have you with us today at Activate Church. That is fantastic. Well, we're going to have birthdays and anniversaries. Who's had a birthday over the last week? Great. Now, here's the way it works. Normally, we'd rush up to you and give you crunchy bars but rather than doing that we're going to invite you to stand in the middle of the aisle here and you'll be able to select your crunchy bars or chocolate bars and we're going to pray a prayer of blessing so if you've had your birthday or wedding anniversary why don't you jump in the middle and if you're just there by yourself I'm going to join you because I feel like a crunchy bar as well so it's your birthday Ellen can we ask how old He told me he's 22, plus a few years. Your birthday too, Sarah, how old are you? Uh, 39. 39? I would have said 29. Help yourself to crunchies, guys. Congratulations. We're going to declare a prayer of blessing. Just stay there, guys. If we could have that on the screen, that would be really, really good. Here it comes. Here it comes. Now, church, when we say this, Isn't that wonderful? Now, when we say this, we cannot just say, Father, thank you for your family. It's got to be, Father, thank you for your family. You with me? Okay, here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Very cool. Let's give them a hand. Very, very good. Well, activate kids are in the youth hall this morning. Activate intermediate, so they're in the downstairs cafe. So they're going to have a wonderful time. And uh, just want to ask you to put in your diaries, please, on the 26th to 28th of March, we have the School of the Spirit. It's going to be a wonderful time, a blessing and empowering. And I'd really, really encourage you to go there. If you're not sure, can I encourage you to put your name and be sure? It's going to be a wonderful time. Well, Jan, why don't you come forward and tell us about Girls' Day Out and Momentum Prayer. Yes, good morning. Uh, first of all, Tuesday night, we have got Momentum Prayer coming up. So uh, that is our monthly prayer service. We are changing the name. Wow. <laughs> Sounds fun, doesn't it? Momentum Prayer. So that is going to be from 7 till 9. Now the first hour, 7 till 8, is going to be around the coffee machine. So I hope you don't find that too much of hard work around the coffee machine there. But we're going to uh, have a time of fellowshipping together. And if you've got any questions at all around our recent changes, then that'll be a great opportunity to use that time then, 7 to 8, and then 8 to 9, we're going to have passionate prayer. So it's going to be a great evening, Tuesday night, for the whole of Activate Church. Then... Ladies, we have coming up this coming Saturday, very exciting, Girls' Day Out. So with it being this Saturday, today is the final day for registrations. So if you haven't registered, I pray that you can register today because it is going to be an amazing day. We've got Pastor Kathy Monk coming from Auckland as our beautiful guest speaker. She's going to be speaking around She Is Purposed. It's going to be great. We've got some excellent electives in the afternoon and then we finish our day with dinner and movie. So I hope you can be there. It's from all ages 13 and up to 113. Uh, hope to see you there. Go and register after the service at the Hub. Thank you, Jan. Wonderful. Who enjoyed the testimonies last week that we heard? Weren't they encouraging and inspiring and activating? And guess what? We have another one this morning. Amanda, where are you? Let's give her a hand as she comes. phoned me during the week and asked if I could share I thought how do I know the kindness of God and um, it took me back to when I was 12 years old <laughs> sorry um, when God reached down and he saved me and um, entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ then when I was 12 years old and I knew the love of God then and um, God lavished his love upon me and so because when you know the love of God you want to reach that out and share that to other people and also when you understand what God values then you learn to value that too and God values people and he he loves them and so um, this little testimony kind of happened out of that um, uh, we have a fairly new neighbor um, and she's a mum on her own and I was talking to her and she was telling me that her son was um, going to have his tonsils out and she told me the day and all of that so I thought I'll oh, just put that away in the back of my mind so um, 
that day I made a meal for her and I went over to her place and um, dropped it off to her and um, she was showering her children so there's all these children <laughs> tearing round all wet and all of this and um, I said oh I won't keep you I've just made this meal for you and she goes really you've made a meal for me and she goes do you know what happened to me she said I've hurt my back and I can hardly do anything and I'd also um, just grabbed some ice blocks out of our freezer and took some ice blocks over because he had his tonsils out and took some extras for the other children as well so it was just really simple and easy while I was at home making a meal for my family I just made a bit extra for another family and you know what I was more blessed than she was because I was so blessed that you know wow God had put me there at that time for this reason for this purpose and like that is so exciting so so look for those opportunities church and um, just reach out thank you Thank you, Amanda. Absolutely wonderful. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Alan Perry. Alan is the principal of Vision College, and uh, it's wonderful to have Alan in part of our fellowship with Donna. We love you guys, and Alan is going to read Psalm 1 to us. Let's give him a hand as he comes and shares and encourages us. Morning, everyone. Don't you love the scriptures? So Psalm 1, so hopefully it'll be up behind us. So this is being read from the New Living Translation. So if you've got your Bibles, you can follow through, but it's up on the screen behind us. So, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Amazing portion of scripture, isn't it? Love, I love the fact that you've got uh, verse 1 there. You've got three different levels. The, uh, I think the uh, New American translation says uh, the joys of those who do not walk in the advice or stand or sit. It's a, a level of, of movement, isn't it? where you start in one place, you're not walking in this way, but if you walk in that way for too long, you'll end up standing in that place. And if you end up standing in that place, you end up sitting in the place too. There's a progression there. So the joy of those who do not, so don't be a person that follows the wicked, the advice, because you might end up just sitting down and joining them in their party. Let's stand and continue in our worship.
Father, I thank you that we are a sweet sound in your ear. That because of Jesus, we are the sweetest sound in your ear. Lord, I ask that you'd help us open our hearts this morning. And as we open our hearts, there would be an environment of revelation in this place. Lord, that you do business with us this morning, that the net result of us gathering together would be that the Father is glorified, that our city becomes a better place to live, that we are transformed more and more into the likeness of your Son, and that you receive all the glory. Thank you that we can gather together. Thank you for your church. Thank you for every church in the city that gathers together today. It's our honor to worship you. It's our honor to praise you. It's our honor to gather in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. You're doing all right? You're looking good? You're looking good? Thank you. Thanks, team. That was lovely, eh? Yeah? Why don't you give them a big hand? And thank you, Alan, for reading scripture to us. We're going to, every, every week, we're going to read a psalm. We have a psalm read. So Alan and I were just musing before the start of the service what we do when we get to Psalm 119. It's going to be a fun day. That one could be a long day too. But uh, you might get a call to start early. But uh, it's going to be good. Hey, today I'm addressing what I would consider to be one of the most misunderstood, one of the most neglected revelations in our faith. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. I um, want to go out on a little bit of a limb and say that I think this topic is the root that manifests itself in all sorts of behaviors, all sorts of language, all sorts of misbelief and miss, all sorts of miss. Today, I think the, the core topic of what I want to touch is the, the root of this, of our condition. The root of the, um, perhaps the lack of the impact of the church in our nation at present. I think this is the root of it. And so, if you are broken in any way, you are in the right place today. If you're not broken, well, the scripture's quite clear, doesn't it? It says you don't need a doctor. Well, it says you don't think you need a doctor. But any of us who are realists will know that we're broken in some way, shape, or form. And I think today's a good day for us. My sole purpose is to uh, create an environment today that will be an environment of revelation. I really believe that God is going to unlock stuff for people this morning. Good? Three of you think it's good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of you think it's good. Now, I've got far too much material here, so I'm going to go fast. So turn to Ephesians, please. I'm going back to Ephesians. I said I was going to speak on Ephesians every time this year, and um, I haven't because we had other things to do, but I'm back on Ephesians. We're still in chapter 1, and we're starting at verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me stop there just for a moment because you really need to take verse 2 into consideration when you read verse 3. Verse 2 says that God is our Father. Verse 3 says the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So right from the get-go, you need to understand that we are talking about our Father, who is Christ's Father, Father God, okay? He is Christ's Father. As believers, as disciples of Christ, He is our Father. So all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for his glorious grace, his, um, grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showed us kindness, showered, sorry, his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. It's a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. I am absolutely, absolutely believing for a software update for you today. A software update. And as we get toward the end of my message I'm going to give you the activation code to make it work. Okay? I love that passage of Scripture. I was talking to Pastor Simon Mortada during the week, and he tells me that verses 1 to 14 of Ephesians is just the Apostle Paul waxing lyrical. In the original, it's one sentence. And he's just like, whoa, God is so good. He's unloading. And that's what we're pulling apart today a little bit. I've got three words that I want to tease out of the first couple of verses I read to you. I just want to pull them apart a little bit and help you get some understanding on them. So from verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first word I want to look at is the word Father. Father is, comes from the Greek abapatia, which literally means daddy. How many of you think of Father God as daddy? Okay, that's all right. We're talking about Jesus Christ's father in verse 3. But it's the same word that's used in verse 2, which is talking about our father. It's not just this formal father. It's talking about Abapatia. It's talking about our daddy. That's pretty cool. That changes everything. You talk about father, or you talk about... My son, my youngest son, calls me father all the time. Father normally means he wants something. Father... When he says, Dad, I go, oh, yeah. He's our daddy. Father God is your heavenly daddy. I'm not trivializing it. It's what the word of God says. He is your heavenly daddy. That communicates something incredibly different, doesn't it? From father. Need to understand the attributes of the father. And to do that, just let me run through some of the names of God that are in the Scripture. And when I read them to you, rather than thinking Father God this morning, think these are descriptions of Daddy God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Daddy will provide. Jehovah Rohi, 
The Lord is my shepherd. Dad is my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Dad our healer. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Dad our righteousness. Jehovah Kadesh, the Lord our sanctifier. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah Yahweh, the self-existent one. Some time ago, we did some work on Exodus 34 and 6, and it says, The God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. This is our heavenly daddy. That's cool. That is really cool. No doubt there's some of you sitting there right now saying, that can't be right. We can't call him our daddy. It's what the Bible calls him. Not what we're calling him. It's what the Bible calls him. Our heavenly daddy. Our heavenly father is amazing. He is amazing. He's absolutely incredible. His thoughts toward us are incredible. And the length he's gone to to position us so that we can operate, or so that, sorry, he can operate as our father or our daddy is absolutely exceptional. It's extraordinary. He's gone to all that length so that we can call him daddy. You see, Jesus Christ didn't come into the world primarily for the forgiveness of sin. He didn't come primarily to forgive your sin. He came primarily to reconnect us to the Father. Sin was the issue that had to be dealt with. Jesus' mission was about connecting us, reconnecting us, because we lost it in the Garden of Eden. It was reconnecting us to Daddy. And we often stop at sin. He came to forgive my sin. He came to set me free. He came to cleanse me. Yes, all of that, but that wasn't the end goal. That was the vehicle to connect you to the Father. That's why he came. Because Jesus' greatest desire is that we relate to Father as Daddy. And that we're in relation. Jesus' whole life was about bringing glory to the Father. Why do we have Jesus as a role model? Uh, well, you know, what's, what do we take from his life? He taught us how to live as a son of God. Yet so often we start, stop halfway down the journey. It's about sin. It's about oh, the forgiveness of sin. It's absolutely vital. But that was what had to be rectified so that you and I can connect and relate to Father as Daddy. Just let that sink in your spirit for a minute. That is amazing. That is absolutely incredible. I think we need a revelation of this. I think we need, in our world that is fatherless, we need a, need a revelation of our heavenly daddy. Even for those of us lucky enough to have a great father model in our lives, we don't have to be rocket science to work out that they're not perfect. As do us who are trying to be great fathers in the lives of our kids. Need to think too long or hard to work out that we're not doing it perfectly. 
We need a revelation of the Father of God. We, uh, Father God, we need a revelation of our heavenly Daddy. He's got the best in mind for you. His thoughts are toward you. He thinks the world of you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. He thinks the world of you. He's your dad. He's not going nowhere. He loves you. He absolutely loves you. Jesus died on a cross. Why? To connect you back to your heavenly dad. I love that thought. I absolutely. I actually think it's a, it's, it's a revelation that's required. It's something that we can logically process, but it's a revelation that's required. A divine download from heaven. A divine software update that really allows us to start to relate to God as daddy. As daddy. So I go back to Ephesians. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord, the daddy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us. We talked about that recently. He chose you. Daddy chose you. That's cool. Everyone likes being chosen by daddy. And he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt you into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ because this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. It gave your dad incredible pleasure to call you to be his. Incredible pleasure. Word number two, the word adopt. It talks here about the fact that we are adopted into the family of God. Now, I don't know what your um, personal background is. You may have been adopted as a child. May have been. You may be in a family that has adopted a child. I'm just going to speak to this word, and if I say something that ruffles your nerves a little bit, I apologize in advance, but I just want to, because I realize it is a sensitive issue, but, but I, I want to explain what has been said in the scripture here. See, the word adopt is weothesia. Weothesia in the Greek. And Paul's understanding of adoption was quite different to ours. What we've got to understand that here in the book of Ephesians, he's writing into a Gentile church. And so the understanding in the church around adoption was the understanding that the Roman Greek world held in the day. So we need to have a quick look at what the Roman sort of Greek adoption practices were to get an understanding of what it's about. See, a current definition of adoption is the removal of a child from biological parents to be raised by people unrelated by blood. Laterly, there is another um, phrase that's also a description of adoption, and that is the adoption of a biologically related child into a new marriage of one of its parents. But in the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, when it talks about adoption, it's not talking about children. Children weren't adopted, or not often, in Roman and Greek society. Children were often if something happened to their parents, they became slaves. It was adults that were adopted. And so when Paul is writing about adoption in the New Testament, he is writing about into a context where it's adults that are adopted, not children, which actually changes a whole lot of stuff because we understand then that there are two parties in the adoption. There's the adopter and the adoptee, 
and the adopter wanted to adopt, but the adoptee had to also agree. They had to say, okay, I'm okay with this deal. I'm okay doing this. It's not, you know, we have this understanding that the, um, well, let me, let me go. We'll carry on. It's, it's, um, there's two words in the New Testament that are used when it's talking about adoption. The other one is used a lot less. It is the word ana, anahito. And this is a word in Acts 7.21 that is used when they are telling the story about Moses as a baby. And some translations say Moses were adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Most of them say that Moses was taken by Pharaoh's daughter. The baby didn't have a choice. The rest of the words, the words that are used for adoption, particularly in relation to our salvation, is talking about adult adoption, the picture in the Greek Roman world, where the adult had a choice. The family chose to adopt. The adult responded with, yes, okay. This is very, very common practice in these times. It was common practice for a number of reasons, um, because of... Um, uh, mortality and, and all that kind of thing, and that, that people wanted their family line to carry on. It also generally came with implications around wealth and around political power. But it was a very, very common practice. You see, when somebody was adopted, they had the full rights of a child, of a natural child. I actually think it's quite amazing that there are a lot of rules and regulations around it. But a blood connection, or the blood connection, and the relational connection with the first family, the blood family, was often retained. But legally, it was totally severed. Everything legal was totally severed from the family that the adult had grown in, when they were adopted, it was legally severed, even though the relationship remained. So it was legally severed, and they now had the rights of a natural-born child in the new family. They also had the responsibilities of a natural-born child in the family. They were to honor their parents. They were to honor their parents' way of life. They were to honor the house rules. They were to do things the new family's way. In fact, one of the laws were that if they did not obey their parents, if they did not honor their parents, the adoption could be revoked, which is interesting. I put that in the context of salvation, and if you're a once saved, always saved, go and have a think about it. But it was a choice. The adopter the adoptee. They were brought into the family. They then had full rights in the family. Probably the most famous person that we would know that was adopted um, was Augustus Caesar. He was born as Gaius Octavius, and he was adopted by his great uncle Julius Caesar, and he acquired the name of Gaius Julius Caesar Octavianus. Interesting, eh? This was very, very common practice. Paul's writing into something that was very well understood in the times. That when we are adopted into the family of God, we now have full rights of the family. The father adopted us in because it gave him pleasure. Now as children of God, we have full rights in the family. 
That's cool. The third word I want to talk to is the word sonship. Sonship. Now, as I said, I'm praying for a software update for you. This is the activation code. This is the activation code to make it work. Sonship. Sonship. I think a revelation of the Father, I think a revelation and understanding of adoption set the environment for what is an essential and lacking revelation of sonship. This is one of the key problems that the modern church faces. This is the root of a lot of behavioral issues. I actually believe that Christians are plagued because of this issue. Sonship. Sonship. I'm not just preaching a nice sermon today. I'm not just trying to be correct theologically. For me, this is a deeply personal journey that I don't know if it'll ever end, but it's deeply personal. I've been on this journey of understanding sonship and what it means and how that positions us before uh, God, before the Father, before I even understood his daddy. For a long time, I'd been on that journey and I'd been making progress and I'd had significant revelations along the way. And, um, and I really thought I was starting to just wrap myself around what it meant to be a son of God. Yet, I knew I wasn't all the way there. Then I, um, a year or so ago, I thought, uh, it's just when Sozo, we were starting to offer Sozo as a church. And I thought, I'm going to try out Sozo. I'm going to go and have a session because I'd like to know what people are going through. Are they being tortured? Are they being whipped? What's going on in the room behind the closed door? And um, I thought, I need, to, I need to just go and have a Sozo. Uh, you know, I'm as, I'm as broken as the next person and maybe this will help me. So I thought, I'll go and do it. So they didn't whip me. So if you have a Sozo, there's no whips. There's no beating you or anything. It's very gentle, very lovely, very leading you through a process. It was fantastic. So anyway, I'm having the sozo, and the issues that came up along the way were interesting. They weren't kind of mind-boggling. In some ways, I was a little underwhelmed with some of the things that I talked about. In other ways, there were other issues along the way. I thought, wow, that was fantastic. That actually brought a significant release to me. Then we got right to the end, and the lady that was doing it said, can I pray for physical healing for you, for anything? And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. I said to him, my blood pressure isn't where it's supposed to be. It's a bit high. In fact, the doctor's told me to get it sorted out or else he will. And I thought, well, how do you do that? I read the label on the, you know, the side of the drugs they want you to take and I looked at those and I thought, goodness me, the pill's going to kill me first or is high blood pressure going to kill me first? Oh, I don't want any of that. I don't want a bar of it. So I said, pray, pray for my blood pressure. And the lady looked at me and she said, oh, no, one, no wonder it's up. It's that whole performance thing. You're driven. You're under pressure. I said, what? She said, yeah, look, you've just talked, you've unpacked that, knowingly or not. She said, I'm not surprised that your blood pressure is up because you are operating out of a performance mentality to, perform, to please God. It's not about people. It's not about pleasing you. It's about pleasing God. 
And she said, we just need to remove that. So she just laid hands on me and said, I'll take that off him in the name of Jesus. That was that. I went home. I think later that day or the next day, I said to Jen, I should check my blood pressure, eh? see what's happening. It was good. I checked it again and again and again over the week. It goes up and down a bit, but it's good. They tell me that good blood pressure is 120 over 80. Am I right, doctor? 120 over 80. So if I told you that the last time I checked mine a couple of weeks ago, it was 116 over 63, that's good. That's good. The other doctor just said, that's good. Fantastic. What happened? I had a revelation of I don't need to perform for God. I'm his son. I'm not a slave. I'm not an employee in the family business. Now, I'm not talking about church being the family business. I'm talking about the call of God and walking with God being the family. He's our father. But I am a son in the family business. I've worked with enough people, enough bosses that have got kids in the business to know that the kid approaches things totally different to the employee. They're there by right. They don't have to work to be there. I hope they work when they're there. But they approach it totally different. They're working for the family. They're working with dad. They're working on a common cause. They're not there to collect a paycheck. They're not there just to do what they've got to do. So much wider. And I walked lighter after that day. So I had a revelation of sonship. I'm the son. I'm a son of God. I'm not a slave. I'm not an employee. I'm not just some dude walking down the road. You're not a slave. You're not an employee. You're not just some dude or dudette walking down the road. You are sons and daughters of daddy. It's massive. If you can actually live out of that, it is massive. Anyway, let me go. I'm going to run out of time. But let me carry on. I'm going to skip some stuff. Symptoms. Let me tell you, because here's the deal. You either operate out of the spirit of being a son of God and a daughter of God. Put that in there, but you know, just don't worry about gender today. Son of God. The alternative side of that course, that coin is an orphan spirit. You have one or the other. You're either operating as a son or a daughter of God, or you're operating from the position of an orphan spirit, a spiritual orphan. And that manifests itself in all sorts of ways. Here's a couple. A lack of confidence, a crippling need of approval, the inability to empathize or to even accept others, the inability to receive or extend unconditional to love to others. They're all symptoms of an orphan spirit, one who deeply at its roots has been abandoned. But we're not abandoned, we've got our heavenly daddy. So we choose to operate, and it is a choice, to operate out of a revelation of sonship, or by default and unavoidably we operate from a place of an orphan spirit. I was doing some research and I came across um, an article written by Helen Calder, who is actually an associate of our friend Steve McCracken, and she was writing about orphan spirit, and she identifies these things or symptoms if you're operating from an orphan spirit. There's four of them. She says, uh, number one, competing and needing to stand out. Spiritual orphans do not feel accepted, and they feel the need to prove their worth. Some of the symptoms would be seeking to hide their own limitations. 
perceiving the strengths of others as competition, secretly taking satisfaction in the weakness of others, needing and seeking attention. Yet in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, our Father's invitation is to a place of unconditional acceptance and rest in our unique identity that's given to us by God. That sonship, daughtership. The symptoms are an orphan spirit. Number two, she says another symptom will be isolation or independence. Deep down, the orphan does not feel as though he or she belongs in the family. Suffering a sense of abandonment, the instinct of the orphan is to go it alone. Some of the symptoms will be withdrawal, physically or emotionally, from others. An attitude of independence. Yet Ephesians 1.5 says we belong to the family. The Father's invitation is to belong to the family. Sonship. Orphan spirit. Three, fear and insecurity. The spiritual orphan is unsure of his or her place in the family. Orphans also feel uncovered and unprotected. Therefore, their instinct is to protect themselves and their position. Some of the symptoms could be a constant need of reassurance by leaders. Lack of confidence in their spiritual gifts and in any ministry position or call that they've been given. The need to prove themselves. Being protective and territorial about their area, their call, their ministry. Yet again, Matthew chapter 10, the Father's invitation is that our security is in His love and His care and His constant oversight. Orphan spirit, sonship. The last one is performance orientation. The spiritual orphan feels rejected. The spiritual orphan feels rejected, therefore believing that he or she must compensate by working harder or performing well in order to be recognized. Some of the symptoms. A constant drive to perform well. Judging the weaknesses of performance of other team members or leaders. Having feelings of mistrust toward others. Feeling they are going to be punished at any time. Again, Ephesians 1.6. His undeserved grace. Sonship. Orphan spirit. There's a mother, chicken, who took pity on a baby eagle that had fallen out of the nest. And the baby eagle grew with its chicken siblings, pecking at the ground with its head down. One day the baby eagle looked up and saw an eagle flying in the sky. And it marveled. Spiritual orphans, orphans live with their heads down. And you know I'm probably speaking to every single one of us to some degree in the room. Spiritual sons, or son, understanding, revelation of sonship, daughtership, living with our heads up. And marvel. Marvel. 
I'm praying for a paradigm shift today from orphan to sonship. That's what I'm praying for. John 14, 18. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. The only way to remove the orphan spirit is via a revelation of a loving father. It's the only way. The only way to remove an orphan spirit is via a revelation of a loving father and then choosing to embrace that father. Daddy. Daddy. We choose to live in the spirit of sonship. It is a choice. So you'll nail it in some areas, in other areas you'll still be working on it. But we choose it. Of course, you've probably, you've probably all heard there, there are many sad stories of families who have adopted a child, yet the child has never really embraced the new environment and continues to live according to the values of an orphan. That is the case with so many Christians. We've been adopted into the family of God. Daddy. Yet for whatever reason, we haven't adopted the values of the new family. The ways of the new family. The thinking of the new family. The understanding of the new family. Ephesians 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. You are not a son or daughter of God because he thought, blow it, I've got to. He wanted to. You bring him great pleasure. I know. I look at myself and I say, surely not. But yes, it's true. I bring him great pleasure. You bring him great, you bring daddy God great pleasure. Man, if you take that through the week, Hamilton will be a happy place. Sonship, it's like the money's in the bank, but you've got to use it. You know Jesus, you've invited Jesus into your world. He's connected you to the Father. The money is in the bank. You've just got to use it. It's waiting for you to access it. Sonship versus an orphan, orphan spirit. It's right there, right now. I wonder if the uh, musicians would like to come be great, and I'm all but done. Famous last words. I want to... I want to do something physical around this to activate it. I think we can listen to it. That's good. That's good. I'm believing for a revelation of God. I'm believing for a paradigm shift. I'm believing that if you really take hold of sonship, it is the activation code for the software update. But I want us to do something physical just to signify what we're doing, what we've heard, what 
a, a shift of mindset, an understanding that revelation has come. And if in any way an orphan spirit versus sonship has spoken to, can you stand to your feet? I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But if, if it has spoken to you, your situation, you're out in any way, jump up on your feet now. I'm already standing. I don't have to get up. I'll wait a moment. I've just got to wait for truth to drop in your spirit because... You can leave here operating from an orphan spirit. That's your choice. Or you can leave here with a revelation of sonship. And I believe that's God's desire. What I'd like us to do together, in just a moment, I'll explain it, then we'll do it. I want us to take off the jacket of an orphan. And I want us to put on the jacket of a son or daughter of God. When I talk about that, my mind goes straight away to Joseph and the coat of many colours. That upset a few people around him. But I reckon it did the world to him. He wasn't necessarily wise early on. But he put that when he put that jacket on, some commentators would say that Joseph was a legitimate child. And I reckon when he put that coat of colours on, that was like, wow, sense of belonging came on him. So why don't we close our eyes? Let's for a moment take hold. I won't use your arms. Take hold of your coat. Grab the scruff of the necks of the coat. And let's lift the coat of an orphan off our shoulders right now. Lift it back off your shoulders. And if you're listening to this, you can do exactly the same thing. Lift it back off your shoulders and let it slide down your arms and shake it on the floor. It's gone in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that this would be a transformative moment in people's lives. Now, why don't you slip your arms into the new coat? You see your father's holding, standing behind you and he's got it out, so all you've got to do is slip your arms into it. You don't even have to pick it up. Just slip your arms into that coat and then for a moment, just allow yourself to sense the Holy Spirit on behalf of the Father, moving that up your arms, hooking it over your shoulders, and then let it rest on you. Let it sit. The code of sonship, the code of being a daughter. Holy Spirit, I ask, in the name of Jesus, that there would be a transformation take place today in our lives. That there would be a moving from an orphan spirit to the spirit of sonship. Father, there would be a reality in each of us that says, I had to shift and I've shifted. And I thank you, Jesus. I ask, that from this day forward, every person with that jacket on would know you as Daddy, Daddy God. And Father, this morning I say that with utmost reverence. Daddy God, 
I thank you that you have chosen us to be sons, that you have chosen us to be daughters. And you did it with a smile on your face. It brought you great pleasure. May every one of us walk in that freedom. Every one of us walk in that grace. Every one of us walk knowing your kindness and your mercy, your faithfulness, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Grab a seat if you're standing. Just one more moment. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not on the journey with him, that is the starting place. Jesus came, he died on the cross, and doing so, he paid the price of our sin. That's our imperfection. Why did he do that? As I said earlier, he did that in order to connect us to the Father. You and I are designed to walk with him. We're designed to do life with God. There is, as often said, a God space. And every single one of us that can be filled with nothing but God. Doesn't matter where you search, you won't fill it. It's because you're designed to walk with God. Perhaps this morning you're here and you're going, I've never made that step. I've never stepped into a relationship with, with Jesus. I, I, I don't understand really what you're saying. Or you may be saying, man, I was there, but I, I've stepped away. Today, can I encourage you to step back into relationship with Jesus? Can I encourage you to step into relationship with him for the first time? Jesus' words were, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by me. And he gives each one of a choice. I want to give you the same choice today. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. I love the fact that he gives us a choice. He says, you choice, choose me in this life. You got me for eternity. Equally, the other side of the, there's always another side of the coin. He says, you don't have to choose me, but just understand, please, there's consequences that go on for eternity. Can we bow our heads for a moment as I finish? Pastor Ray's going to come. If you're here today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand just in a moment. And when you lift your hand, you're saying, I choose Jesus today. I'm coming back. I'm choosing him for the first time. I choose Jesus. I've got two people I've asked to watch out for you so that they can come, they can pray with you, they can help you any way possible at the end of the service. You're not responding to me right now. You're going to respond to Jesus. I've found in my life when the Holy Spirit stirs me, when God stirs me, probably got sweaty hands my heart could be racing at 100 miles an hour he's saying to me you you need to respond to me now Sheridan I'm trying to get your attention this is the moment you need to respond to me if you're like that this morning can I encourage you to respond to him if you're saying yes to Jesus can you lift your hand please now so I can see you thank you I see your hand that is awesome fantastic I'm only going to wait a couple of seconds. If it's you, you know it's you. Just give me a quick wave. I've seen one person respond so far this morning, which is fantastic. Every week, people get connected with Jesus. It's the mark of this church. 
Five more seconds. It takes boldness sometimes, but do it. Go on. It's a lot at stake. Done. Church, can we please give the person that responded this morning a massive big hand? Wonderful. As you walk out, don't walk out as chickens. Walk out as eagles. You are sons and daughters of Daddy. Sure, in a big hand. Isn't that so cool? Not only don't walk out as chicken, can, chickens, can I encourage you to walk across the chicken line during the week? And who knows the amazing testimonies that will be on the other side of our obedience. This evening, we'd encourage you to come out. We have Luke Ferbro who will be speaking. It'll be a wonderful time. Really look forward to hearing what he has on his heart to share with us. So come along and be part of that. I want to give you the opportunity, if you would like prayer, at the close of the service, please feel free to come forward. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. Would be really, really good. And one of my favorite parts of service, guess what that is? Giving. Yeah, I do love it actually. And uh, at Activate Church, we're doing it a little bit differently than what we used to. No longer are we receiving gifts, gifts and tithes and offerings through typing bags, but as you leave the auditorium, on uh, immediately outside the doors and both over this foyer and the other is the opportunity to give and I really encourage you to take that so can we pray about our giving sounds good yeah father we thank you Lord for the wonderful privilege it is to be in your house and father we say ever father we say daddy Lord you're so good you're so generous and we love you and father I pray that as we would leave today we would know that truly we are the sons and the daughters of the living God. Father, thank you for your gifts into our lives and as we bring our tithes and our offerings, as we give back to you. Lord, we give with purpose, we give with courage, we give with big-heartedness, we give with kingdom focus. Lord, we give with a sense of belonging to you and to your family. May you take these gifts and multiply them and extend your work in this place, in this city, in the nation, and the nations. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Sarah. Let's go out with a song, shall we? <laughs> As Pastor Sheridan said, we are chosen. So let's celebrate that. <laughs> 